0: What is up Level Up Nation and welcome to the December 22nd edition of Level Up Live, your home for gaming and esports news brought to you by OTN Media. My name is Fiasco. You can call me John and I am joined as always by the king of the courtside, the courtside king. Joey, what's up, buddy? You looked to the side there when you were introducing
1: yourself and I'm like, did he just forget his name live on air? But you were just checking volume levels or something over there. I'm I was, sure. yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I, was, I was trying to fade the music out because it was a little bit hot in my ear. So I'm like, ah, it's a little it's a little hot there for the stream, but it's fine. It's fine.
1: I like it. We're here. We're back, uh, John, toward the end of 2022, the penultimate episode of Level Up, most likely. We might fit one more in before the end of the year, um, but it's been quite the ride this year. So many big games from Elden Ring to God of War Ragnarok. The Game Awards was great. We got to co-stream that one once again. Uh, I feel like things are starting to slow down, minus the legal side of things. There's quite a bit happening with, like, the Activision Blizzard deal with Microsoft. Epic owing the FTC quite a bit of money at the end of the year, uh, really stuffing their stockings full of cash. But other than that, not really too many games left to come out in 2022.
0: I mean, Joey, why can't they stuff our stockings full of cash? Like, that's—I mean—is that too much to ask for? Like, they don't even have to pay me as much as they're paying the government. Just like two percent. It's it's only one—is this—is this a measly two percent? It's just off the top there, just two percent. It's not that much.
1: I like it. I like it. We'll see if they fill your stocking this year, John, but I have a feeling it'll be some virtual coal coming from Epic, though they are giving away <laughs> free games. So, I mean, wait for what it's worth. Uh, today, I think the three free games are Fallout. It's like Fallout Tactics and two other Fallout games. I don't remember exactly which ones, um, but there are 15 days of free games coming from the Epic Game Store. So check that out,
0: guys. Virtual coal. I love it. Nation, make sure you follow the show on Twitter and Facebook while Twitter's still around, at least. It's at Level Up Live. That is at L V L U P Live. But while you're on Twitter, uh, because who knows where Twitter's going to be in 2023? No, no one, no one freaking knows. It feels like follow Joey at Courtside King, myself at Fiasco. If you're here live with us on Twitch, first off, you found the spot to be live on Twitch. You can catch uh, those handles beneath beneath the mugshots you're currently staring at on your handheld device, TV, computer, wherever you feel like tuning in on Twitch. They are there for you. If you listen to the podcast version of the show, they'll be in the show notes for you below. Nation, as always, while Twitch is the spot to be for the live shows, you can catch all the fun shenanigans that may or may not get edited out for the podcast version. We do have the podcast version available. Check out the Level Up podcast available on your podcatcher of choice, roughly 24 hours after the live stream ends. Extra credit, earn a stocking stuffer from the king of the courtside himself. He will deliver it to your home. It's not creepy. Santa does it. Uh, sub to OTN using that spicy Twitch Prime sub or Amazon Twitch super sub spiciness, whatever they're going to be calling it. Use your Prime sub today on OTN Media. Joe, you teased a little bit about what we're talking about. Is there anything else uh, that you want to touch on that we're talking about today before we head into the show?
1: Uh, honestly, guys, it's a lighter episode. As we were saying, there's not too many games coming out at the end of the year. And with that being said, not as much news either. Uh, hitting some of the legal kind of businessy stuff up front and then from there talking a little bit about games. We have hardware sales numbers for 2022. We have high on life, absolutely high on charts as well, dominating the industry right now. Sifu getting a new arena
0: mode and some other fun stuff, as well as a teaser of Kojima's next project. Well, absolutely, Joey. Let's go ahead and uh, do what the opening level of high uh, high on life does. Let's snort a line of drink of choice before we hop into uh, uh, today's episode. (laughs) I got the reaction I wanted out of you. That's all I care about. That's why you should be watching on Twitch. That reaction, (laughs) Joey, just did. Priceless. It was absolutely fantastic. Joey, uh, what are you sniffing, I mean, drinking today for today's drink of choice?
1: Honestly, nothing fun, John. Just some water, really.
0: Just some agua, uh, nice, clean, filtered agua. From that fancy, uh, bougie water filter? Absolutely. I wouldn't expect anything uh, different. <laughs> Joey, I'm probably going the complete opposite way from your bougie water filter. Oh. I'm, going, I'm going Mountain Dew. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. Unfiltered me. water. Unfiltered water. It was 98 cents at Sheets when I filled my car up, so that's all I care about. All right, Joey, we have our beverages. Uh, we have our our light topics for today, episode 297. Holy crap, 300 is right around the corner. Joey, let's get into gaming esports news. And of course, this segment is presented by GamerBytes, bite sized gaming esports news delivered weekly directly to your inbox. Sign up today. If you're here live on Twitch, the link is in chat there for you. Huh. Boom. Beat you to it, sir. It's all good. Uh, I can talk and type at the same time. Did you know? beat me to it? In mine, my name is technically first. Uh, no, my name definitely. OTN Media popped up before Courtside came. Okay, so we did it at happy. the same time, I'm going to say. It was a server delay. Joey, it's a competition. Mine came first. I'm, I'm gonna literally going to
1: screenshot this to show you after. I
0: will stream it to the chat right now. <laughs> 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 it's not worth it. Joey, it's Gaming and Esports News. I'm kicking it over to you. Let's go. I'm saving my screenshot. And then
1: we're going to talk about Epic <laughs> and the FTC. So, guys, again, we're going to kind of get over some of the business uh, side of things early on, a lot of court cases and such going on. One of the biggest ones out there is Epic. Uh, they've decided to take a bunch of people to court. They took Apple to court. And then the FTC said, hey, Epic, slow it down. We're taking you to court as well. They have now reached a multi million dollar settlement. Uh, this one, if you guys remember when there was a whole bunch of stuff with loot boxes going around. Uh, I see you just posted that screenshot. Thank you, John. Um, <laughs> so loot boxes were a big thing. There was a lot of predatory action behind them, and that got brought up in a bunch of different court cases in many different governments. Well, Epic's Fortnite store was also uh, not necessarily straight-up loot boxes, but it was kind of driving that mechanic of that FOMO behind it, uh, that fear of missing out, for those who don't know what FOMO is. Uh, it kind of because the rotating shop happens so often, kids would go in there and be like, ooh, I want this item, and I have no idea when it's coming back. So they would go ahead and use their parents' credit card and buy it. There's been new practices put into place where there's like a, um, I don't know what you would call it, like a charge timer per se. Uh, So you have to hold the button down for longer to have a purchase go through now. The store lasts longer as well. So they've kind of cut back on some of that FOMO. But with that being said, Epic does owe FTC money for what was due in that time before these changes went through. So what's Epic paying? They're going to pay $245 million U.S. million to the FTC to resolve concerns related to past designs of the Fortnite item shop and refund systems. Additionally, the FTC will use this to distribute to Epic customers at their discretion based on the different cases that will come across their desk. And then Epic will also pay $275 million U.S. million to the FTC to resolve concerns related to children's privacy in Fortnite as well. There's a bunch of different things alongside that as far as like how uh, children's data is used, how access... It's available uh, when it comes to like voice channels when you're playing the actual Battle Royale mode of Fortnite and so on and so forth. So in the end, we're looking at about a $250 million fine per se being paid from Epic to the FTC. Uh, John, I mean, we, we thought Epic's case was a losing case going against Apple. Against the FTC, I mean, you can argue just the way some of the loot box stuff fell with EA that it was probably going to end up going this way. $500 million is a lot of money, though. With that being said, as much money as Fortnite does rake in on a monthly basis, this really is not a huge total to Epic's coffers.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, I was going to point that out here. Uh, $500 million, so what's that three weeks worth of revenue for, for Epic for Fortnite? Uh, just the amount of money that game brings in on valid purchases, of course. All, all valid at this point in time. Um, yeah, I mean, I get it. It, it makes sense. Fi- almost $500 million, over $500 million. Um, at the end of the day, uh, Joey, I see, I see you responding to the screenshot with your, with your altered, uh, doctored image of a screenshot. Uh, Ah, yes. Because (laughs) I'm such a Photoshop expert. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's all good. Uh, so, so just to fill everyone in, literally both of our screenshots have our handles above one another. Uh, so we'll call it a draw, Joey. I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and accept a draw here. Um. (laughs) <laughs> no, but yeah, is this a big hit for Epic? Not really. At the end of the day, when when Fortnite is averaging almost 400 million a month in revenue from Fortnite alone, you add in everything else. Uh, you add in uh, the fact that more and more games keep going to the Epic Store with their very favorable profit split between the store and the uh, developers. Uh, it's at at the end of the day, is it going to hurt? It might hurt a little bit. It might slow things down just a little, 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 little bit. But it's not going to hurt Epic. Fortnite is still an absolute behemoth. They're still going to pull in the money even after this. Even the most you know craziest of anti-gaming parent out there is still going to pay 20 bucks every other week to their kid uh, to get V-Bucks for a skin that they have to get. Uh, it's, it's just what it is. They have created a monster uh, in, in Fortnite. They have created a global phenomenon in Fortnite. And it's going to continue. It's, it's not showing any signs of slowing down. They keep finding different ways. To bring people back, uh, whether it's in-game concerts, whether it's exclusive events or collaborations with like, I don't know, Marvel, uh, Star Wars, uh, you know, everything people actually like. Uh, it will bring them to Fortnite and it's going to increase the revenue. So, yeah, it, it, in the news, in the public, people go, oh, man, how's Epic going to come back from this? People in the know in the gaming world that follow Fortnite, congrats on the three and a half week allowance taken away from you, Epic. That's pretty much all this is. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason this is a settlement, right? If it's a settlement, both parties
1: have agreed on it. It's not like Epic lost a court case straight up or they would have owed a lot more money. This is Epic saying, hey, FTC, we see where you're coming from. Let's settle on a price. The price ended up being 500 million-ish around here. uh, Give or take a few million here and there. But in the end, again, I'm not going to say it's chump change, but for Epic bringing in as much as they do from Fortnite, even just Fortnite Mobile alone, pulling in millions upon millions of dollars, over $100 a month, this is really not going to hit their coffers too big. Uh, In the end, the FTC does get a nice feather in their cap, though, uh, especially as they continue to go to war with some of these major companies. Again, we'll talk about it a little bit here. Microsoft and Activision is being uh, somewhat blocked by the FTC, but not fully blocked because they're doing it in an internal court as opposed to a federal court. Um, But this is one in favor of the FTC. Well, I do think the Microsoft Activision one may not fall in their favor, and we'll get into that here next.
0: Anything else to say on Fortnite, Epic, and the FTC in general? Um, the $10 I spent on V-Bucks several years ago. Am I going to get that back from this, the, from this lawsuit?
1: I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some kind of class action lawsuit out there. So you can bid in for your $10 of this $275 million.
0: I want my $10 back.
1: I don't think oh, you'll let's... fall under the children's privacy one, though. So you'll probably have to go for the other one. Damn it. Worth it. <laughs> it's, it it's, it's worth a shot. Why not? There you go. Next up is the UK CMA. So this is kind of their marketing authority over in Great Britain. Uh, The United Kingdom has presented a summary of public opinions heavily in favor of Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard. In the quote, and this is quite a long document, just pulling one major quote from it. We've invited responses from the public. Of the 2,100 emails that we reviewed, around three quarters were broadly in favor of the merger. I don't remember the exact number, but they go on to say, I think 2,900 emails were actually received, but some of them uh, included slurs, some of them were unreadable, some of them just did not make sense. Uh, People have speculated this is Xbox fanboys, others have speculated this is PlayStation fanboys. I think they're both non-coherent at times. So in the end, of the 2,100 that were somewhat readable and that made decent points, 75% of those did support the deal. Um, Since then, we've also seen a few other big companies come out. Some have made public remarks like Take-Two Interactive and Steam supporting the deal. Others, and I don't know who it was, someone wrote a mystery letter that was about 10 pages in support of the deal as well. Some have guessed it was Epic Games. Others have guessed it was EA. We really don't know who it was, um, but they do have some big backers there in the industry as well. Sony being the most notable one to oppose the deal. And on one instance, Google opposed it as well. Sony's opposed it on every single instance out there. So in the end, we'll see how it goes. Uh, as we mentioned before, the FTC is taking them to court as well in internal court. So it's not a full-on let's block the deal for now, um, but they are kind of playing against it too. Uh, additionally, in addition to the UK's moves, the overall EU regulatory body has sent out a 91-page questionnaire to companies throughout the gaming industry. We're talking publishers, developers, um, I mean, really all different partners that partner with the industry, typically people who are working on games or working on publishing games. Um, but there are some other ones like uh, controller makers, like Mad cats and things. Some different instances. I don't know if Madcats is, is actually one of them, but an example of someone who is not directly involved, um, but also making things for the hardware that is getting surveyed as well. Uh, mainly to gauge opinions on the deal. We've heard a lot of different companies come out in support of it. We've heard other ones say we really don't care. And then we've had ones like Sony and that one instant Google come out and say, hey, we want the deal blocked. EU is like, we're going to send you this giant questionnaire and see, do you want the deal blocked? Do you want it to approve? Do you not really care? And then what issues within it are the reasons you want it denied or want it approved? So just to get a little bit more information there. Uh, In the end, John, I mean, a lot of this is just jargon. The UK and the EU and the FTC over here in North America are kind of doing their due diligence. You and I have differing opinions here and there with these particular organizations on some of the ways that they have approached the uh, way they've stated the deal is unfair, per se. Um, but overall, it seems
0: like they are at least doing something to try to get public opinion involved as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And 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 that's what we're going to continue to see is uh, since this merger really is unprecedented, there's really not another merger in the gaming era or gaming uh, industry that is as big as uh, this deal with Microsoft and Blizzard Activision. So I think it's actually kind of smart for them to kind of feel out other developers and see how they feel about this deal going through. But at the end of the day, we've seen overwhelming support from some of the biggest names in gaming for this industry to go through. And I mean, and the fact that, you know, let's not, you know, beat around the bush here. Blizzard Activision is not exactly a squeaky clean company at the moment. They are in a massive pr nightmare with a toxic workplace uh that has a lot of sexual harassment and a lot of toxicity uh, and and just a a really bad situation that they're trying to recover from um and microsoft is still willing to go through with this deal and, and kind of put them through the microsoft car wash if you will um so i think it's super smart for them to uh ask around i i I think i think it's a great way to kind of feel it out i wonder if the u.s government will kind of do that as well um most likely not um but at the same time i just it feels like every day more information is coming out in regards to this merger in regards to the FTC stepping in in regards to sony pulling whatever uh you know pitiful excuse out of their you know what uh to to actually to, to try to argue against this uh it's it's very interesting. I, I I like the move from from Europe checking in with the developers, uh, and uh, distributors and public. Uh, pub, uh, oh boy, I'm ready for a vacation. <laughs> uh, publishers, uh, for I love it. Uh, for uh, you know, seeing their feel on this deal going forward, uh, I think that's only going to strengthen Microsoft's case for this acquisition. I, I think it's going to come back super positive. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I should be kind of curious to see what the results of that 91 page questionnaire will be.
1: So I think you pretty much stage your point here, but I'm going to ask yeah. it anyway. So the FTC suit is going on against Microsoft in their internal courts. We have the UK over here now publishing the public opinion survey in favor of the deal. And then we have the EU kind of reaching out this 91 page survey to all these different businesses within the gaming industry saying, Hey, what do you think of the deal? So at this point in the, since the announcement in January, 2022, We're now almost a full year through it. Again, the original projection was for this to end somewhere around June 2023 or by June 2023. Now with the FTC court case, it looks like it could go until August if that does follow through as it does, uh, at least on the schedule. With that being said, do you see this deal passing? Do you see this deal being held up for many years? Do you think this
0: gets denied in the court system? Where are you kind of feeling with this deal at the moment? I want this deal to go through. Um, Not just because... You know, I, I grew up with, with Blizzard games, I not because I still play Blizzard games, even though it's a very unpopular thing to do right now. Uh, you know, I I want this deal to go through. I don't see a reason for this deal not to go through. It's not like it's creating a global monopoly on gaming. Does it take some of the biggest games in the world and put it under the Microsoft umbrella? Yes. But at the same time, it's not taking... All the big games. We've already heard commitment from uh, Microsoft and what they're going to do with Call of Duty. It's gonna. It's not going to be a console exclusive. Uh, in fact, it's, what was the news? It was even going to uh, Nintendo, Nintendo Switch. Switch. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I'm sorry, Sony. If you're going to keep saying that, you know, oh, they're going to make Call of Duty exclusive. <laughs> Nintendo Switch is not exclusive. Last time I checked, uh, Nintendo Switch is not under Microsoft. They're under Nintendo. Anyway, but you know. I, I think it should go through. Um, I think the only reason why the government's stepping in is obviously Sony is, is a big player in the U.S. economy. Um, you know, Microsoft, you can make an argument, it is just as big, if not bigger, uh, based upon uh, their operating system in Windows and how the entire government uses it and just how they have their, their filthy little greedy paws and everything in the, in the, in, in the American government and, and whatnot. I just, I just don't understand. I'll be honest. With everything going on in the United States as a country, uh, this deal should not be getting this much attention as it is from the federal government. I think it should go through the the process of being, uh, you know, monitored and have their investigations done like all major mergers do. Um, but I, I think I, I think the federal government's kind of going a, a little little crazy with this one. In, in my personal opinion, I like what the European Union is doing when it comes to this. They're taking a proactive approach. They're keeping an open mind. They're actually going out and polling other companies to see they're taking this. I I wish the American government was smart enough to do something like that and actually get a bigger picture of how this deal could potentially help boost the gaming industry going forward.
1: Yeah, agreed. And I love that the public opinion is coming into play, even with some of those responses not necessarily coherent. Um, But in the end, it does look like they're doing I want to say they're doing their due diligence, at least some of the statements that have come out from these governing bodies have been questionable at best. But uh, these I'm not going to say they're I'm not going to use the boomer term per se, um, but they're not as well versed when it comes to the video game industry. And that has shown in some of these statements. So I'm glad they are reaching out to people actually involved in the industry from publishers to developers to people developing stuff for the hardware to actually get the opinions of those. This will affect the most. Next up, we have PS5 and Xbox Series sales analysis. Uh, This is always fun to do at the end of the year, especially around the times that we do see new consoles come out. These consoles have now been out for about two years, well, over two years at this point, because it was November of 2020. Uh, They've continued to ship out plenty of units, and we are far into the millions at this point. According to VG Charts, which... Uh, has had a questionable history on some of these sales numbers in the past, but a lot of people are running with this, it seems, on most platforms. It is estimated that the following units have been sold from the new generation of consoles. The PlayStation 5 is currently sitting at about 28 million units sold, and the Xbox Series consoles, which include the Series X and S, are at 20 million units sold. Uh, John, this is a lot closer than a lot of people were expecting. A number of analysts came out and expected the PS5 to be double the Xbox Series S or series x and s um consoles at this point i hate the naming of xbox sorry guys Uh, it is definitely a tongue twister over there and i'm sure it's just gonna get more and more fun as we add new series letters for parents to shop in the holiday season Uh, but yes overall john we are not close to double for ps5 It only eight million units of difference here with playstation still in the lead but after coming from a very very dominant ps4 generation up against a very weak xbox one generation it does seem a lot closer than a lot of people were expecting here.
0: Yeah, and and I think that's that's actually in credit uh, to Microsoft and and them kind of reimagining their their marketing strategy and kind of thinking outside of the Xbox, if you will. Um, it's they have attacked the Asian markets like crazy with this generation of Xbox, and it's paid off. We've seen record sales in Japan. Uh, in Korea, in China, when it comes to the Xbox, it has been absolutely phenomenal uh, with what they got, especially in comparison to the other console generations for Xbox, uh, which was solely mainly North America and Europe. That was really their their reach. And even then, you know, if you've been listening to Level Up for a while, you know, I recently switched from uh, the PlayStation family to Xbox by getting an Xbox Series X. Um, you know, one of the big things was most people played playstation that i knew so it was hard for me to justify making that switch well as the generations went on you know the 360 uh the one and then now the x and the s again that naming system joey is absolutely horrific I, it, it, least, that is rough <laughs> at least sony can count I'll, i will give them that uh <laughs> one two three four five it's, it's super simple um but with the growth of xbox especially due to game pass uh it's 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 phenomenal it's it's phenomenal it, it made the made the transition a lot easier and i feel like a lot of people that maybe are frustrated with sony and their lack of being open-minded when it comes to ideas like a game pass for sony or uh you know kind of being uh open to the idea of cross-platform uh, before it's uh forced on anybody by, by the developers or anything like that um that makes it a little bit easier to make that transition. And, and Joey, just real quick, I, I don't want to beat this up a little bit, but th- this goes to show you how much Game Passes has played a role. In my office today, uh, we were getting our printer fixed because my boss likes to beat the crap out of the printer, uh, and it broke. So we're getting it fixed, and the repair guy shows up, and uh, he made a comment about how our office was his last stop before he got to go home. And he was excited because he just downloaded a new game. So I asked him, I said, oh, well, what game is it? He goes, oh, it's a game on Xbox. I go, oh, what game on Xbox? He goes, oh, well, you probably have never heard of it. And I was like, try me. He goes, high on life. And I go, funny enough, I downloaded that on Game Pass the other day, and I've been playing it also. He goes, you have Game Pass? <laughs> like, and instantly like that, we started talking about all the different games we've played on Game Pass and how he also switched from Sony to Xbox because Game Pass made it a lot easier to make that switch. And all of his friends made that switch as well. So that goes to show you the marketing's working and that marketing is getting buyers, not just repeat buyers, but new buyers. And that's the reason why we're seeing close numbers.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's a really good point, right? Like affordability is huge out there. And when it comes to that, The Game Pass just makes it so much more accessible to those who maybe cannot afford a new console and all these new games, especially with game price points going up as well. Microsoft and Nintendo are kind of the only holdouts at the $60 price point at this point. And Microsoft, at least, has already made a statement that they are moving to $70 here soon. I wouldn't be surprised if Nintendo does follow suit here. Uh, Maybe they'll wait a little bit longer, but I think once you see a new Switch unit come out, then they'll definitely make the jump. Um, But in the end, yeah, I think affordability is huge. I think PlayStation is going to try to tackle some of that as well with the PS Plus kind of being revamped uh, with that combination of PS Plus and PS Now. With that being said, I think Game Pass offering day one for their new AAA party games, AAA first party games, uh, is a big deal. I mean, that's going to save you $70 on Starfield, $70 on Redfall, uh, different games like that if you're interested in those well, with God of War, with the new Horizons, with any of those new games that are coming out on PlayStation, you will still have to pay that up front at least for now, as they're not included in the subscription. I think eventually we'll see those go to subscriptions for PlayStation maybe six months after launch or something around there, because they want to get those initial sales and then maybe put it out there to strengthen their service. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. It'll probably be in a similar cadence to how we see them moving to PC more and more with game releases. Um, But in the end, it seems like subscription services are making it more affordable for a lot of people out there. And with that being said, Xbox having the best one at the moment, at least on paper and based on affordability and titles and everything involved, uh, and now a possible family plan on the horizon as well, it does seem to help shipping consoles. And I think the Series S as well is also a big mover. The fact that it's considerably cheaper but still bringing so much power behind it as a unit. The biggest argument against it is probably storage. If you're someone that's into the resolution field that doesn't hit full 4k resolution either so there's different takebacks uh, take backs here and there but again from the affordability standpoint it can sell a lot of consoles and as far as the portability standpoint if you're traveling with a console it's the easiest console to travel with as well so i think those are definitely helping bridge that gap a little bit okay next up and you mentioned it high on life Um, high on life has kind of been the surprise game of late 2022 Uh, originally supposed to come out in october it got bumped a couple months to early december to give it a little bit more time to get some polish on there it did launch in a little bit of a rough condition there was some stuttering going on but since then they've dropped two big patches all that stuttering seems to be gone and again those two patches came out i think within launch week so really quick response from the team at squanch over there in the end we have resulted in the biggest game pass release of 2022 Now, some are arguing, what does that really mean? Xbox hasn't put out many first-party titles. Grounded became a full release. We saw Pentiment come out. That's a little niche as well. Um, But in the end, I don't think first-party is the only thing holding it back because you did see some big games come to Game Pass. Persona 5, huge JRPG game came over. You can argue the JRPG audience is not as big. Sure, Guardians of the Galaxy. You can't argue that Marvel is not a giant game. That was something that got thrown into Game Pass this year. A Plague Tale Requiem was up there for Game of the Year on pretty much every award show out there. So there have been some big Game Pass releases. For High on Life, an indie game, and a... um, I don't even know how you describe it. It is a very cheeky indie game, uh, a very mature (laughs) indie game. Uh, It has made its way to the top release of 2022. Very impressive. On top of that, John, the biggest third-party launch in Game Pass history. So not only 2022, but all the way back to... I don't remember when Game Pass launched, 2017, 2018, somewhere around there, I believe. Uh, and now the biggest single-player game launch on Game Pass ever as well. John, these are big, big praises for High on Life, an indie game that just kind of dropped at
0: the end of the year after the Game Awards voting is over, and it just seemed to tape everything by storm. Yeah, I honestly think that if this game launched in October like it was supposed to, and it was like it is now in October... Uh, This game is easily nominated for a ton of awards, maybe even game of the year, especially with the numbers we're currently seeing. It's absolutely insane. This game, uh, while it was on my list to eventually download, uh, quickly made its way to the top of my list to download compliments of the Courtside King. um, Because I believe his terminology was, oh, my God, this game is right up your alley. You need to download it. It's literally you in a video game. Yeah, I mean, so, I played through the
1: tutorial, John, and just the amount of sarcasm that it was dripping with, the <laughs> comments that were being made in that tutorial, I'm like, this has just got Hugh written all over it.
0: Yeah, and, and I downloaded it, and I played like the, the first like hour of the game. I streamed it here in Discord uh, for the OTN Discord, and I, I think it took a lot longer to get through some of these levels because I had to stop laughing so hard uh, from some of the lines in there. It's just absolutely fun uh, it's it, probably the best written game uh, in a long time when it comes to just like the one-liners and the humor and everything else that's going on in there. Uh, the clips all over social media for this game are absolutely hysterical. Like maybe you you pressed the button too soon, you didn't get to hear all of the voice line. Uh, you know, <laughs> pausing the game uh, is is an absolute <laughs> bloodbath when you come back. Your gun absolutely just demolishes you for pausing the game questioning what good that that does for you in game by pausing the game i think it's great and if you love rick and morty this is right up your alley uh it's 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 literally rick and morty in a video game uh with all the sarcastic one-liners and just the randomness uh i, I love it I, I absolutely love it I, I can't say anything bad about this game uh everything Uh, Even the edgiest of edgy jokes in it has me rolling on the floor. Uh, This game is just, there's nothing else like this game out there. It's very unique, and I feel like
1: we're in a time where so many games take themselves so seriously. Too seriously. I mean, everything like from God of War to Elden Ring to Horizon to, I mean, just even the shooters, Call of Duty, Battlefield everything is very hyper realistic or hyper serious so I love the fact that this one just kind of takes that completely on its heels makes it a completely joke of a game I mean throughout this game John they're just making puns and jokes about everything they criticized video game media on there throughout the game they joked about how the team needed to take more time polishing certain areas throughout the game Uh, even just some of the achievement names are absolutely goofy I just I feel like the team really embraced it and really delivered, even from an indie game perspective, kind of a triple-A game here. The graphics are phenomenal. The writing, as you said, is top-notch. The humor and jokes, while uh, it's a bit of a um, acquired taste for some, it's definitely there. It's definitely unique. It's definitely mature, um, but it is a very interesting approach to things. And one of the arguments is, oh, okay, it's doing well on Game Pass. Game Pass is Game Pass. It's just an Xbox hype. Uh, well, Steam begs to differ. This thing pulled out a 60 score out of 100 on Metacritic. A lot of people are like, ah, this is doing terrible. Well, it's currently rated very positive on Steam with 3K reviews and it's sitting in the top three on the Steam sales charts. The only thing ahead of it for most of its time since launching on Steam has been the Steam Deck itself, which is constantly sold out. Uh, So, selling extremely well on Xbox. Obviously, the play chart is popping off with it selling well and doing well on Game Pass. And then you have the Steam side for PC gamers absolutely loving it as well. So it is a game that has, again, taken everyone by storm here at the end of the year. Probably one of the strongest finishes to a video game year that I remember. Uh, You can argue Cyberpunk had a similar effect, but after all the refunds came into play, I don't know if you can argue that as much in that
0: year. Um, So in the end, High on Life really doing numbers at the end of 2022. And shout out to High on Life not requiring a 36 gig patch a couple months down the road after the game release uh, for the game to actually work properly. Uh, so so kudos to them fixing uh, their bugs within the first launch week. That, that's that's pretty epic.
1: That is pretty darn epic. So, yeah, again, uh, if you are of age of the mature label, go ahead and check that one out. <laughs> it is definitely a unique one for sure. It's so good. <laughs> next up, we can play this trailer, John, as we talk about it here on Twitch. Sifu is getting a new arena mode plus a release on Xbox and Steam next year. Currently available on PlayStation as well as the Epic Game Store for PC players. Well, it didn't head home with an award at the Game Awards, Sifu was nominated for three. It was nominated for the Best Fighting Game, the Best Action Game, and the Best Indie Game of 2022 at the Game Awards 2022 earlier this month. Again, unfortunately, did not win any of those, but a runner-up for three categories means you're probably a pretty darn good game. Uh, this one looks like a lot of fun. I'm excited for Xbox players and pc players who do not venture to the epic store but prefer to stay on steam to now get a chance to play it on top of that i love that they continue to add more modes in and the arenas mode should be a nice touch to the game itself
0: yeah it looks great Uh, a lot of people who've played sifu absolutely love it i I love the addition to uh the game with arena it's going to continue to grow the title and get more and more people to play it It it's 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 really fun Absolutely. So while that combat is going on here on stream, we're going to make ourselves
1: down to the last couple of topics. Again, a bit of a shorter show today, uh, but I'm sure John is going to carry us hard in this last one that comes after our penultimate topic. In a recent interview with IGN, Kojima stated that his new project with Microsoft required infrastructure that was never needed before. For those who don't know Kojima, uh, he is famous for doing crazy things in video games, taking very unique ideas and pushing them to the limit. It seems like that will be no different with his new project. He went on and said that he discussed it with a lot of different big companies and publishers, but the only one receptive to the pitch at all was Microsoft. The rest of them thought he was, in his words, mad or, as many of us know, crazy. Um, again, he's known for this. He's known for these absolutely outlandish ideas. For those who saw Death Stranding's announcement trailer, there was a guy on the meat beach. There was like a bleeding of oil going on. There was this crazy invisible baby being carried. I mean, the dude is a creative genius, but also very far out there when it comes to the game ideas that he presents. Uh, so I understand where these companies are coming from. If I'm someone that's saying, you need this new tech developed to take a risk on this game that absolutely no one may even like because it's so out there and so different, Um, but it is a risk worth taking, and for someone like Microsoft, who is trying to find more footing in the industry, who is trying to compete against these big Japanese publishers of Nintendo and Sony, and console makers and everything else that they do very well, what's the best way in? Making deals with the Japanese audience is a good way to start getting more footing in Japan, as well as to bring possibly more people in the Western world who enjoy Eastern games into the mix, And if you're going to do it with anyone, partnering with Kojima is probably the biggest deal out there as one of the most famous developers and creators in Japan. Uh, I think this is rumored to be a horror game titled Overdose. I am not a big horror game fan, but I am a big fan of Kojima's work. So I'm very curious to see what this ends up being, especially with it being such a new medium as Kojima describes it.
0: Yeah, and honestly, let's be real here. A Kojima flop, if you will any other studio in the world would take those numbers uh, in in a Kojima flop because he will sell just because his name is attached to that game. Uh, And and yes, he's out there. He's out there. there. There's psychological thrillers. There's, there's different aspects to these games. There's a reason for every outlandish thing he puts in these games when, when he designs them in his genius of a brain. Uh, there, there's reasons behind it. Uh, even when you go all the way back to something like a Metal Gear Solid, one of my favorite video games of all time, there was a psychological thriller aspect to that game. I mean, prior to uh, Metal Gear Solid, there really wasn't another game that required physical changes to you as a gamer in your room to beat a certain level. If you don't know what I'm talking about, when you're fighting against Psycho Mantis... You had to unplug your controller from controller port one and put it into controller port two in order to beat the boss because the boss was reading your control inputs. That's genius. It was revolutionary at the time. Something that crazy. Can you imagine now, Joe, if you're playing a first person shooter or a first person game or a one player game on your Xbox or on your PC and you had to go on to your controller and physically manually change it to Player two on your controller to beat a boss. But by the way, no one told you that. No one told you that in-game either. You had to figure out as a gamer. That's next level. That is shattering the fourth wall and entering the fifth wall, literally entering your bedroom uh, when you're playing this game. That's the kind of creativity he has, and that's what he's made his name on. I absolutely applaud Microsoft for take, taking a, a, a chance to, can we really call it a chance? It's almost guaranteed money by working with Kojima for this game. Who cares if you have to create new technology for it? It's going to pay off. It's Kojima. Come on. This is like, this is like saying, hey, uh, if you invest in this little book rental website called Amazon uh, in 10 years, I'm going to take your $10 investment and make you a, a, a millionaire. Um, yeah, I'm going to give you $10. bucks. i am going to give you $70 to play this game. Uh, from kojima uh what's being backed by microsoft apps are freaking lootly and if it comes to game pass it's even sweeter of a deal Uh, i I love it Uh, i think it's great i feel like more people should trust kojima because he kind of knows what he's doing
1: (laughs) yeah i mean to play a little bit of devil's advocate i guess the biggest argument is it's a horror game right and horror games While they do have an audience, it's not as big of an audience as something like an action-adventure game. Uh, Third-person action-adventure game is kind of what Sony has made their name on, and they've done a very good job with it. Uh, You look at a lot of popular games out there. I mean, pretty much, I think almost every Game of the Year title this year was an action-adventure game as well. So with this being horror, which it could be an action-adventure horror, we really don't know yet. Uh, so few details are out there. We don't even know if the name is real. We believe it is overdosed based on previous leaks. Um, but in the end, this is one of the question marks, right? Like horror, is this going to sell enough? I think, like you said, it's worth taking the risk. If you're Microsoft, you're looking to find more audience members to join your community, whether that means buying an Xbox console, subscribing to Game Pass, or just playing an Xbox game on PC, they really don't care how you access it. They just want you to join into the community, pulling a giant name like this is so big for trying to bring in Eastern fans and to pull in those Western fans who really play those Eastern games and have typically leaned toward PlayStation because of that. Now, do I think it becomes a system seller? Probably to some, I don't think it's going to move a crazy number of units off the shelves. With that being said, I do think you're gonna pull in quite a few Game Pass subs from this move as well. And if you're looking at anyone who has the technology, If it's so cloud-based like we're kind of anticipating here, it's got to be a Microsoft, an Amazon, a Google, someone with those heavy cloud technologies behind them. I like that we're going to see the power of Azure behind this one. And from what I've heard, and again, this could be rumors, this could be completely false, I think we're going to see him break that fourth wall again. I've heard different things about opting into the plan of allowing your phone to be involved with the game. Uh, I don't know if this is as simple as sending text messages at certain points to characters, or if there's something like uh, another phone line being utilized here and there, or if this is something creepy like 3.30 in the morning, you're going to get your phone ringing randomly if you opt into this. I really have no idea. Again, not the biggest horror game fan here, um, but I do like the idea of him kind of utilizing these other technologies um, to uh, bring the game experience to yourself even more on different levels. Um, and also the Easter eggs, John. I don't know if you mentioned those. His games are littered with Easter eggs. There are people playing those old Metal Gear games and still finding Easter eggs like 10, 15, 20 years later in some of these franchises that Kojima has been involved in. It's absolutely crazy. Just that depth of knowledge, that depth of perception, and that really just ability to put these things in here that are going to make people keep going back and playing more and more. Anything else to say on Kojima in this mystery project that we
0: should hear more about in 2023? Uh, I will most likely download this game regardless. I'm not a horror game fan either. Um, but uh, if it utilizes your cell phone also to send you messages uh, for in-game things or you have to respond that and then that will in- affect in-game things. That's so badass. It just that gives is, me tingles, though, I thinking love about it. like, I think
1: it's amazing as an idea. But like if that thing rings at 3 a.m., I am probably going to wet myself like that is just
0: terrifying. Joey, um, so if you swipe down on your iPhone, there's. um <laughs> There's this little thing. The like do you not disturb. Put, yeah, there you go. Uh, th- that also goes uh, for in-game text messages that come to your phone. Uh, so so, you, so just do that, and, and Kojima won't bother you at 3.30 in the morning.
1: There you go. So we'll keep an eye on that. Again, he's kind of teased that we should hear more in 2023 alongside his other project of Kojima Productions, which is Death Stranding 2 and was recently announced for the PS5. Next up, John, and the last topic on today's shorter show is WoW's Dragonflight Roadmap. You've been diving pretty heavily into World of Warcraft and the new Dragonflight expansion, as have what feels like thousands of people on my Twitter account. Uh, So many people diving in and really enjoying the new expansion, you being one of those people as well. With that being said, we now have an idea of what 2023 looks like. And from
0: a player yourself, what are your thoughts on this initial roadmap? Freaking love it. Uh, Joey, I have not had this much fun in World of Warcraft. I kid you not. uh, Since the uh, end of Legion and as as a start of an expansion, since Wrath of the Lich King. Uh, Dragonflight has really kind of shocked me. It's literally proof that Blizzard is actually starting to listen to their gamers, to the people that... Pay that monthly subscription to pay to play this game, to that paid for this expansion. Uh, Joey, the graphic design is something that Blizzard is is phenomenal at. The the, the world design, um, I, don't, I don't feel like I need to hit on that too much. It, it, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. The mechanics they added into Dragonflight is completely outside the box. Dragon riding, they literally give you flying up front in this game in in, in this expansion. That's something that used to be locked behind Pathfinders that wouldn't unlock until like the third major patch of an expansion. So you were stuck on the ground, riding around, taking you 30 minutes to cross these massive zones. Well, now you have Dragonflight and you have vigor that energizes your dragon to fly around these areas. And there's a certain way that you have to fly to re-energize the vigor. Then you also have to find uh, these dragon tokens throughout the entire land uh, to increase your vigor and all your other abilities that you can do. It is so smart and Joey, it's fun. They have dragon racing, it's incredibly fun. The story no one knows what the story is going to be, it's not predictable at all. Uh, the first raid just came out, and the big baddie that, that big, you know, flying T Rex slash penguin dinosaur uh, dragon is already dead. Uh, so no one knows where it goes from here. Obviously, there's some conflict within the black dragon flight. But no one really knows what's next, and that's exciting. It's not predictable. Some of the other, path, uh, the other expansions have been incredibly predictable. Battle for Azeroth was a battle for my attention. Uh, you had Shadowlands, which the only thing that I wish was was more dead than my character in Shadowlands was me in real life from playing that game because I didn't want to do it because Shadowlands was that bad. Uh, Legion, again, literally was the last one, but even when Legion launched, it was rough. A lot of people were not happy with the way Legion launched, and then it slowly rolled out, and it was really that end patch for Legion that really made that expansion worthwhile. Dragonflight hit the ground running. It's proof that Blizzard's listening, and this roadmap is even more proof of that because you have things like gray and and white transmogs coming to the game. Joey, gray and white uh, armor and uh, just cosmetics are very simple, like basic starter kind of gear that aren't supposed to play a role. But if you've noticed, a lot of the gear as you gear up gets incredibly fancy and super detailed, but some of these players, especially on role-playing servers, kinda want that more simplistic look. And that's where these gray and white transmogs come in. Prior Prior to this upcoming patch, you couldn't do it. You literally would have to put on that armor And would literally take your character from 125,000 health down to 700 health because of it. It's not good. It's not good at all. This is a great, great thing. The trading post, eh, it's kind of like a battle pass sort of based upon objectives you have to do in game. That's really cool. But now we can already see uh, we have uh, Return to the Forbidden Reach. We have uh, new uh, zones coming out in Season 2 with Patch 10.1 and Patch 10.2. Uh, That'll be coming out in the years uh, going forward. You have more world events, more content, more system updates, more, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Profession updates. They're completely going to overhaul this game and evolve this game as it continues based upon player feedback. And, Joey, that is all we have been asking for since Wrath of the Lich King. I am talking like... 10 years (laughs) is all we've been asking for is listen to the gamers and they're finally doing it this expansion joey is super fun i highly recommend anybody who wants to get into an mmorpg they do have a free trial of uh this expansion available right now try it out it's free you can go all the way up to level 20 in it uh give it a shot you can play the new race the the drac you can play the new class the evoker see if you like it this is super exciting. I'm gonna shut up now before this, I could do this for like another three hours, Joey. I'll shut up. I'll leave it there. I want your take on all of this as someone who has dabbled a wee bit in Wow, but kind of has that outsider's perspective.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely a wee bit. I think I I mean, I, I went pretty hard for like a month or so. I got a character, I think, to level 50. Uh, then I gave in for a character boost for Battle of Azeroth. And then I have watched countless streams, uh, mainly from John. A little bit of some other mainstreamers here and there, um, but definitely quite a bit of John's WoW action. Uh, I think the game is great. I think story-wise, honestly, throughout the whole games industry, there are very few stories that compete with something like WoW and the depth behind WoW. Now, there have been some uh, questionable expansions. Uh, Warlords of Draenor, obviously, pulling in plenty of criticism. These most recent ones with Battle of Azeroth also pulling in quite a bit. Shadowlands, you could argue, did as well. Um, it's taken twists and turns that some people didn't like as much, but really any kind of content, you're going to get some of that here and there, some give and take from the players and the creators. Uh, In the end, I think what you hit on is the biggest point. They're listening to the fans. They're listening to the players. They're giving players what they want. And what's the best way to keep a player playing a game? Give them what they want. Give them an intriguing story. Give them the mechanics they want. Uh, Give them the UI refresh that they need. And we've seen a lot of this come through that now you're not really having to load up 300 different Twitch add-on things on the Twitch desktop client (laughs) to get the game to play the way it should. Um, There are still some that are very helpful out there, but Blizzard doing a good job kind of revamping the UI with this expansion, Uh, adding in fun flight mechanics. I've watched you do so many dragon races at this point too, just off to my side monitor while I'm doing other things. It's just so fun to watch it go on, and I love it. I think the courses are unique. I think it's a great way to explore the environment, a good way to make characters... Um, I really get to know the level and the new zones that have opened up with Dragonflight. So I think overall the battle, uh, not battle pass, the, um, what do we call this thing? The roadmap. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, the roadmap looks clear. It's got stuff for pretty much everyone that's playing from cosmetic stuff to new content like raids and dungeons. Obviously the higher level players that are jumping in or higher level guilds, I guess rather the mythic plus stuff that's also on here as well. So kind of hitting all different layers of players uh, with that being said, John, so we I have very little about the story that we know so far from what you've told me and from what I've experienced through you. What are your thoughts story-wise that you'd like to see moving forward? Is there a certain area you want to see explored more? Is there a certain storyline you're waiting to kind of see the climax of? Where are you story-wise? Ah, womp, womp, womp. Let me know when I'm back. Okay, you're back now. I I didn't know
0: what the question was, so I didn't want to start talking. (laughs) No problem.
1: Um, (laughs) Just mainly asking as far as the story goes. So we have so many questions left with the story, right? What are your thoughts or what do you want to see resolved next as far as the story? What is that pivotal moment or that climax of sort that you're kind of waiting for an
0: answer on? I have no idea. And and that's the exciting thing. I have no idea where this is going to go. I mean, some of the things that we know of, the bronze dragonflight uh, is predicting something terrible to happen. Uh, they're playing with the fabric of time. Um, and, and, and there's a story there. There's a story with the black dragonflight between Sibelian uh, and uh, 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 Rathion, uh who's going to control the black dragonflight. And I'm probably slaughtering one of their names. It's fine. It's whatever. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's there's that struggle going on. There's... Uh, the Aspects returning back to the Dragon Isles after being gone for thousands of years, they're trying to reestablish their homeland, and and they're trying to like rediscover what was left behind by their ancestors and, and what's going on in the world of Azeroth right now. Uh, and, and this is like a, a three- to five-year time jump from the end of Shadowlands, so there's still a lot to unpack. And there's really not a lot of information out there, so no one really knows what's gonna happen next i will i do believe that the black dragonflight storyline is gonna play a major major role in what's gonna happen next uh especially with the the seat of the aspects because you can go to the new capital city if you will in dragonflight and you can see all of the leaders of the dragon aspects up there except for the black dragonflight because they don't really have a leader uh so when that gets established it'll be interesting to see if whoever wins that influences the rest of the aspects and takes them in a different direction. Uh, There's so many different things that could possibly happen, but the story from what we have so far is so intriguing, but it hasn't really pointed us in one particular direction. Like every other expansion has, there's a linear path. This is very open. This is feels like a traditional MMO where you as the player get to explore and journey on your own terms you get to create your own journey yes there's a linear story but along that story there's so many other things going on that you can go off on a tangent on and it doesn't harm you uh it's it's super exciting um yeah long story short i don't know where it's gonna go and i'm excited because i don't
1: i love it and i think that's one of the best parts right like you've had so many moments where players have found out the story early or have found out Uh, That the story is going to go in an opposite direction of what they wanted to go in. So I like the fact that there is a little bit more mystery there. There's a little bit more room for discovery for the players to continue to play through this expansion. Uh, And at least to my knowledge, not much of it has leaked either story-wise. I don't feel like I've seen really anything going around of what to expect. So I think keeping that mystery there, the developers have done a good job. The media personnel who've had access to that maybe early on have done a pretty good job. And yes, I see you with your finger
0: pointed there. What Sorry, yeah, I was just, I just, I, I, I do that when I have something that pops in my mind. Uh, the other thing too is the PTR isn't giving anything away either. Mm, yeah. There's, n- there's no major spoiler that's coming out there. The data mining that's coming out there isn't spoiling too much, if anything at all. Um, Right now, the biggest spoilers are coming out are like the hidden mounts that maybe you shouldn't have been able to discover as of yet. But guess what? They're in game. You're able to get them in game. So they're there to get. Uh, there is one mount, Joey, that I do kind of want to get. Uh, it is one of those good old otter boys. His Ooh. name is Otto. Uh, and there is a video that was recently released uh, about how to get them. So I may or may not be doing that after the show tonight.
1: Ah, Otto the Otter joining the inventory of mounts for you, I hear. Yes, sir. Love it. Uh, Other than that, John, I think that pretty much covers the news of this week. We could be waiting on a potential Game Pass announcement. Uh, There was rumors that Microsoft was going to file their response to the FTC's recent complaints. I don't really know what we're looking for on that front because nothing was posted today, to my knowledge, unless it posted while we're doing the show here. Um, But we'll keep an eye out for those for you guys, as well as the holiday sales we need to shout out. There is over, I think, 2,000 games currently on sale. You have the Xbox holiday sale. You have the PlayStation holiday sale. Nintendo Switch has something that we can kind of call it a sale. There's slight discounts over there as well on the Nintendo eShop. On top of that, all of your other providers from Best Buy to Target to all the other stores out there that supply games also have sales. And yes, the Steam Winter Sale just kicked off today as well. For those who are on the Epic Games Store, they're giving away 15 days of free games. Today's games were three Fallout games. Uh, There was Balloons Tower Defense was in there before. I think there's a Wolfenstein game yesterday. So lots of free games coming out from Epic as well, in addition to all these big sales and discounts on whatever platform you're currently playing on. Unless it's Google Stadia, in that case, the only discount you're getting is that you're getting a refund from Google Stadia because it is no longer operational. Uh, With that being said, I think there was a lot to look back on and that's positive for 2022 from great games like Elden Ring, God of War some fun indies like tiny kin came out immortality uh really pushing the boundaries as far as art based games go uh some really really cool stuff in there and then when we look forward to 2023 I mean, you already have Game of the Year contenders. You have Starfield out there from the Xbox Bethesda side. You have Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, I think is what it's called, for the Nintendo side. Uh, You have Spider-Man 2 set to launch in fall 2023 for the PlayStation side. Uh, So many big AAA games coming out. Dead Space, the remake. You have Jedi Survivor um, from EA and Disney as far as Star Wars games. Hogwarts Legacy for those into Harry Potter. Uh, Really all different genres and blends of games for 2023. So much fun ahead of us. Uh, start working on those Microsoft rewards points and Sony rewards points and Nintendo rewards points uh, because it is going to be a pricey 2023, especially the way the economy is going and the way the games industry just continues to pump out content.
0: Yeah, did you see uh, Hogwarts Legacy got Weston McKinney from the U.S. men's national team to uh, do a Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, That's yeah, he's, fun. Over, he's talking. So they, they gave him early access to the game. Uh, and he is geeking out over the game, and that's just awesome. You, you gotta love that crossover. It's it's so cool. Absolutely wonderful. With that, John, take us into that wonderful closing. How about if the Bluetooth actually connected? That'd be nice. Hey, because uh, otherwise we just get the the randomness that comes from my phone. Hang on one second. Hey, yeah, you, you got you gotta love technology and how like it like almost never works, especially when you need it to. <laughs> um, Let's see here there it is magic it's magic level up nation i, I it's it just takes a little you know everything in IT, turn it off turn it back on again nation that's gonna do it for this edition of level up live But before you go make sure you follow the show on twitch to catch your next episode of level up live if you listen to the show on our podcast feed leave us a review the Level Up Podcast is available on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play, and pretty much any other podcatcher that you choose to use. Just look us up. We would love to hear from you. In fact, we love to hear from our community so much. There are multiple ways for you to reach out to us. Joey, what are those ways?
1: Absolutely, guys. Head over to Twitter and find us at Level Up Live. That is L V L U P Live. In addition to that, you can follow the umbrella company OTN Media as well on Twitter and Facebook at OTN Media and on Instagram at OTN underscore media. Last but not least, I know most of you listen to the podcast version of the show, 99% plus of you, but come hang out on Twitch every once in a while. Twitch.tv forward slash OTN media. We typically record live
0: Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Speaking of which, it's it's kind of cool to hang out on Twitch. I mean, shout out to Baby Leon 1234 a Spotify subscriber, stopping by the Twitch channel here today uh, for the live show. Thank you so much for uh, chilling with us. Come hang out with Baby Leon as well. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. And you can see when when Joey has his amazing reactions to my my horrible, (laughs) horrible jokes about high on life. Make sure you tune in next Thursday, the 29th, for our final show of 2022. As we continue to cover the latest and greatest in gaming and esports news. Do your ears and eyes a favor. Hit that sub and follow button to know when the next episode of Level Up Live is ready for your entertainment pleasure. We'll catch you all next week. Enjoy your weekend if you celebrate Christmas. Happy Christmas. Happy holidays. Thank you for tuning in. Be nice to your fellow gamers online. Be nice to the newbies that come to your online game as well. There's going to be a lot of new players out there this weekend as well. And Joey, as always, level up. up.